Now, Arthur, strange as it may seem, they give soccer players nowadays very peculiar names. Funny names, Mark Abbott? Nicknames, nicknames. Now, on the San Jose team, we have who's at right back? What's at left back? I don't know who's at DM. Well, that's what I want to find out. I want you to tell me the names of the fellows on the San Jose team. I'm telling you. Who's at right back? What's at left back? I don't know who's at DM. Well, do you know the fellows' names? Yes. Then who's playing right back? Yes. I mean the fellow's name at right back. Who? The fellow playing right back. Who? The guy at right back. Who is at right back? Well, what are you asking me for? I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Who is at right back? I'm asking you. Who's at right back? That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. So when you pay off the right back every month, who gets the Garber Ducks? Every dollar of it. And why not? The man's entitled to it. Who is? Yes. So who gets it? Why shouldn't he? Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Whose wife? Yes. After all, the man earns it. Who does? Absolutely. Well, all I'm trying to find out is, what's the guy's name at right back? Oh, no, no. Uh, what is at left back? I'm not asking you who's at left back. Who's at right back? <sighs> forget it. Forget it. San Jose, do they have a good forward line? Oh, absolutely. Le- what's the left winger's name? Why? I don't know. I just thought I'd ask. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. Then tell me who's playing left wing. Who's at right back? Stay out of the back four. What's the left wing's name? Why? Because. Oh, uh, he's center half. <sighs> Wait a minute. You have a center mid on this team? Wouldn't this be a fine team without a center mid? Tell me the center mid's name. Tomorrow. Now, when the guy passes the ball, me me being a good midfielder, I want to kick it to the guy out back on the right, so I kick up the ball and cross it to who? Now, that's the first thing you said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Arthur, that's been obvious for a while. Don't get excited. Take it easy. I kick the ball to right back. Whoever it is takes the ball, so the guy runs to the left. Who picks up the cross and knocks it to what? It goes out. What throws it to? I don't know. I don't know. Kicks it back to tomorrow. Triple triple Galazzo. Yeah, it could be. Another guy gets up and it's a long ball to center forward. Because. Why? I don't know. And I don't care. What was that? I said, I don't care. Oh, that's the goalie. Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. And welcome to Duffcast by two United fans. This is Notch. And this is Caleb. And this is Colin. And joining you on your morning run, it's episode 71. Well, that was a classic take, guys, on Abbott and Costello's uh, wonderful uh, Who's On First from, I think, like the 20s. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Early vaudeville days, just fantastic. Yeah, yes. yeah. we're going to essentially take you through the last hundred years of comedy here on <laughs> Toughcast week after week. Uh, eventually, we'll get to our version of Celebrity Jeopardy from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, look forward to next week when we take on the March Brothers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to the Three Stooges bits that we do. Uh, Why, I oughta. <laughs> it's all physical, physical comedy, which is great for a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. look forward to that. Yeah, yeah that, which is why we didn't do uh, Buster Keaton and uh, Charlie Chaplin. Oh, seriously, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But um, I, I did want to mention though that I'm, I'm a little disappointed with you because you wrote this column and you didn't put a mark a Mar- who's marking Abbott joke in there. <laughs> See, yeah. I, I who are you gonna like... mark Abbott? Yeah, who are you gonna mark Abbott? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. If if Arthur Blank were actually the coach of Atlanta United, I would have done something about marking Abbott. But I just uh-huh. like the fact that all of Abbott's lines were read as Mark Abbott. Yeah, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, it, it is pretty funny. Yeah, this is by the way, this is a little bit more erudite than our opening to the last episode that we did. Which if you <laughs> if you didn't listen to it, um, don't. Yeah, don't. This is a lot fancier and uh, more. Uh, Elegant? Not, yeah, elegant yes, and go. informative <laughs> <laughs> about things that actually matter. So, yeah. 
Well, this week we do have NASL news, which is a good thing. Uh, and the, is the, it? For, yeah, is it though? Okay. Is it ever good to have <laughs> NASL news at this point? It's a good thing for us, but not anyone else, really. <laughs> oh God! Well, um, there's been more Ottawa Fury chatter. Just last week, or was it the week before that? We reported to you that the Ottawa Sense said that it was okay, and Ottawa staying in the NASL. Well. Bob Williams, generically named journalist, came onto Twitter and told us that essentially there's going to be an ASL Board of Governors meeting at the end of September, and it's expected that Ottawa might be a no-show. Expected by who? Nobody knows. Question mark. Right. Who's on the NASL Board of Governors? Like, no, he's at left back. I thought he was at right back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's on the board of governors it's uh representatives of every team okay so they are the governor so right and then the chairperson right now is mark frisch okay yep um i don't know if um uh, minnesota how active a role they play these days i would expect they're still sending a representative but uh, yeah i think they should until they're officially right not in the league anymore it, it's it's all of the teams are represented the, the league in this is basically part um, is run by the team. So that's yeah. why they are, each of them has a governor. And that's... Yeah. So you gotta, you, each team selects a governor. I can only imagine what the Ryo OKC representatives are saying. Oh, it's just a flock uh, of like angry seagulls. Uh, well, they have to uh, take the bus there, so they won't, they'll be like five hours late. <laughs> 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 exactly. So we, we'll, uh, we'll let you know about breaking Board of Governors news. So I think the last time they're supposed to be meeting, there was also all this talk like, well, we don't know what's going to come out of this. You know, They might have uh, secret expansions all over the United States that are ready to like like go about. You know, There was really absolutely happen. zero news out of it. Right, I exactly. did not see a single leak. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, speaking of Bob Williams, the guy who writes for the fake magazines that show up in Football Manager, um, he wrote a very <laughs> good article on the disaster that's going on with Fort Lauderdale's ownership situation for the Daily Telegraph. Um, basically, the blame should be put on a mix of free tickets, really criminally low amounts of local marketing, and a focus on the global brand rather than any sort of focus on the local product and that's kind of created a divide between the local fans and the ownership group uh they've been bringing a lot of brazilians in uh they promised ronaldo will be there uh whenever and he hasn't been there at all really at any games what you did guys didn't see him suit up in the like 2015 uh nasl finals like he was promising to do <laughs> yeah no. they'll totally make that yeah, yeah i right. mean i would have loved to see like a 250 pound center forward trying to run up the pitch but <laughs> i don't i don't think it actually would have happened i mean i i think that the the ambition was there you know there was some of this issue in their first year some of the, they blamed some of the problems on jerome l who's who went off to san francisco deltas um and then this year it was supposed to be kind of a clean clean sheet i don't think the by itself the global ambitions or anything like that caused these problems Essentially, I think it was a misallocation of resources away from local marketing. Like, that's the only thing that I would point to. Like, everything else is just, they could have done all of that, but if they'd got the local marketing right, it would have been fine. It's just that they they decided not to focus on getting people into the stadium, which is, that's your one function as a local soccer team. Right. The one thing I've, I will say is that you need to make sure that you have everything built up for your local side before you yeah. can focus on the international. So, yeah, it was a misallocation, but it was the sort of misallocation that they were in no possible way right. ready to do. So Totally, totally. Right. Yeah. Um, another kind of common thread that I've seen among some of the 
foreign ownership talk. Um, the source that Bob Williams was primarily working with said that the ownership, quote, expected to make profits by 2016 after really coming on for the 2015 season. Pretty much every single U.S.-based owner will tell you that there's not really much hope of making many profits within Mm -mm. two, three years, if ever. That's a little optimistic by the Brazilian ownership group. And and according to me, last week, Ottawa is losing $2 million a week. Right, (laughs) right. I mean, they're still here, though, so Fort Lauderdale has a chance. Yeah, but I mean... Stick around. It's not like Ottawa's winning games or anything, though, while they're losing money. Oh, (laughs) God. Yeah. But just to tie a bow on this, that same comment profits were expected within this year was the sort of reaction that Rio Vallecano had when they looked at the books and saw that OKC was hemorrhaging profits and that led to them trying to defund a good amount of the mm-hmm. front office. So it's like the international ownership groups don't really have a grasp on the US market yet. Um maybe maybe not the market side of it, just not understanding the business model. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of business models, we should start talking about the San Francisco Delta's ticket pricing, which came out. They had an image that was sent in an email to uh, subscribers, kind of showing some... I don't know if these are final ticket prices or just kind of questions. It seemed like it was some of the questions on a survey, but some of the inference was that it was the final numbers. But after the complaints, maybe they won't be the final numbers Possibly not, yeah. Um, there's no tickets, um, no stands behind the goals on either side. Um, so the behind the end line tickets are slated to cost about twenty dollars. Um, eighteen yard box sections are about thirty four, and everything that's in the middle half of the field is upwards of fifty dollars a game. And it it should be said that there was some Rowdies fans saying that this is what they pay at Al Lang right now. Um, yeah, and. This is San Francisco as well, which is, I believe, is it now the most expensive city to live in in the United States? It's, if it's not, so. it should, it's definitely up there. Yeah, right. I think I think at one point New York was giving it a war on first money, but mm-hmm. I don't. I think San Francisco has clearly eked out a lead, and this is in the middle of like downtown San Francisco. So, um, I think there's an argument to be made that the people that they're going to attract to the stadium can pay that kind of cash if they're yeah. living in San Francisco. But I don't know. If anything. One argument that I saw was that it makes sense to actually price above what the market is going to pay simply to get kind of the the cachet of the people that you want to be coming to games. I don't know if I necessarily buy that, but that might be part of the thinking there. Yeah. Another thing that San Francisco is reportedly looking into is actually not having fixed seats within the sections for season ticket holders and instead having people kind of switch seats over different games so they get different looks at the pitch, mm. as well as apparently seating people by their interest sections. So as in like interest section as in... Like I really want to see that goalie's butt and tie to the end lines? End yeah, line. maybe, maybe. Okay. I mean, it, it sounded very startup talky uh-huh. in the press release that I saw. Like over so. here is going to be the... Startup guys over here is going to be the jocks over here. Yeah, it sounds like a high school gym, uh, cafeteria. Right, right. Yeah, I've I've no idea how they would even do it and whether or not it would be a good idea. Personally, I sit in a general admission section and I usually go for the same seat every single game. 
Yeah, I go for the capo stand every single game too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll we'll keep you updated on what happens with the San Francisco Jolters and their uh, Uber uh, ticket seat allocation system. Um, one other piece of news that came out of NASL last week. Speaking of like uh, ownership and expansions and blah blah blah, um, and NASL problems too. Rio's Red Army, the supporters group in Rio OKC, reported that one of their Chilean members got roughed up and kicked out of the game by an off-duty police officer uh, because he didn't stand for the national anthem. Now, we don't know if the Chilean guy was doing a protest or anything like that. All we know is that he didn't stand and he didn't sing, which I don't sing. I stand, but I don't know the national anthem here because I'm not a citizen of this country, so I, I don't sing it. And to see this kind of reaction to somebody who uh, is obviously not from here and kind of um, just didn't know any better probably it's kind of it's kind of annoying even if even if he was protesting it'd be kind of uh disgusting to me to see him get kicked out of the stadium and and uh allegedly tased as well yeah um some of the allegations were pretty frightening especially if it was a police officer for a guy that was not actually breaking any law right just just, i i'm not i'm not well abreast of Oklahoma laws, but I have not heard of a law that requires you to stand and sing during the national anthem. No, no, no. It's explicitly not a law according to the the Supreme Court. The thing is that this was an off-duty police officer. Right. And so, so, and and Rio as a private business can order them to do whatever they want. So if Mm -hmm. Rio really doesn't want this guy in there because he's sitting during the national anthem, they can kick him out. But that's that would be ridiculous, and apparently the f- front office responded to the Rios Red Army saying that they would talk to these off-duty police officers and make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, I'm still just concerned that there's anybody who would even think something like this that is okay to throw somebody out of a stadium for simply not singing national anthem who's in charge of security. Like That scares me, and apparently there's also been... Um, the guy running the Rios Red Army Twitter was talking about how his uh, partner also had someone... A police officer kind of uh, hit her arm and say, uh, ask her to take her hat off during the national anthem as well. Yeah, yeah. Things things like that, unfortunately, are just way too commonplace. Um, I'm I'm concerned, especially now that it's becoming more of a hot button issue. That if you, for whatever reason, choose not to sing, choose not to participate in the national anthem, that you are going to be the target of some sort of backlash. Yeah, it's people have different reasons to not sing. Like for myself, I haven't sung the national anthem since I was 19 years old, in part because I like actually hearing what sort of performance there is. And if there's not singing, I'm not going to sing along to just the orchestral track. It sounds sounds stupid (laughs) if you're singing the lyrics when there's nothing coming over the PA. So, you know, things like that where either there is a legitimate protest going on or if it's just a personal decision it it, it frightens me what sort of things can come from this and and, and i don't know if this would have been this, if this would have happened uh, uh, in the spring season if this would have happened um now that it's a hot button issue everyone has has cho- chosen their side um, people want to make their voices heard, and sometimes that means through violence, and that's not the way to go. Maybe yeah. if you don't agree with someone uh, who's sitting down or kneeling for the anthem, maybe say, hey, 
ask them why are you doing that maybe you start a conversation about and get their side of the story i know what are concepts I mean, right maybe but, don't ask why are you doing that ask hey why are you doing yeah, that what's the reason well, yeah don't tone is very important yes yeah. <laughs> but maybe like ask them why, why are, are you, you doing uh, that yeah have a make it a conversation yeah, and it's, not it's an attack right um speaking of positive tones about this Notch, you actually wrote a really, really awesome opinion piece on 55-1 about um, Megan Rapinoe's decision to kneel during the national anthem and U.S. soccer's response to it. I was really impressed. I Kudos to you. Thanks. Yeah, it was um, well a, a, just a lot of – it was my reaction to a lot of people's arguments about – why she shouldn't have done it or why the USSF should have just stripped her of the jersey and, and kicked her off the team or not called her up. or And and basically, it was just taking on all of the stuff I've seen all across social media for the last few weeks and, and kind of um, putting my take and saying, basically, it's it's okay for her to do that and for US soccer to come out and say that she should not have and that she has to stand from now on was kind of damaging the sport's reputation to... Um, the sports multicultural reputation, which which we who love soccer and when we talk to our friends about it, that's one of the first things that we bring up. It's the global game. Uh, and then, you know, there's always questions of, well, why aren't there more minorities in our stands? And like all, all this uh, kind of well-meaning questioning. And then when, this is the reason, because you have this pattern that all of these things fit into, which um, or rather the the USSF's response to Rapino fits into and so that's what that's what the piece was about so go check it out in 55.1 if you have a chance I'd love for you to read it and uh, post your comments on there yep more than worth the click and turn off your ad blocker for it yeah there you go <laughs> um, well we had some games this week first one was a draw uh, New York Cosmos versus FC Edmonton ended nil-nil and a very hyperbolic statement from the FC Edmonton coach uh, Colin Miller yeah, um, I apparently said Matt Van Okel is the best keeper in North America right now, the way that he's played. <laughs> that is what you said. We just heard you say it right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Uh, um, no, that's absolutely the, not. Yeah, no. He he's really isn't. I don't think he's the best. Define North America. Yeah, Mexico is also in North America. There are some damned goalkeepers. There is a free trade agreement there. that says that Mexico is part of North America. We must include... Every single goalkeeper that's playing in Mexico, and I'm sure that somebody is better than Matt Van Okel. Matt Van Okel is not the best keeper in North America. I don't think he's the best keeper in the North American Soccer League, okay? Um, right now he is, but I think give, over time, I would give Jimmy Maurer my vote. Yeah. Um, he has been far more consistent than Van Okel, who's made some tremendous howlers at a concerning pace. Um, Just last week, he made a few right. howlers. So I, I don't think I don't think Van Okel is my pick. He's a good goalkeeper, don't get me wrong, but um, best in North America, no way. Best yeah. in Canada, maybe. Yeah, yeah. sure. Romel Pizer would have a little bit of a problem with that, but you can't hear him have a problem because his mouth is still full of brie and baguettes. Okay, all right. Uh, let's see. There were chances from both sides in this match um, in the first half, and basically the post saw more action than mm-hmm. most other people on the pitch. Or you in college. Gonna bring that up again. <laughs> that was good. Oh, no. That was really good. That was you really totally good. walked into that. that you said really the word good. action, and I was like, oh, no. I have to. Oh. Sometimes you gotta set your friends up for an assist, man. There you go. All right, all right. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they didn't respect the equipment at all and just cannon the ball right off the post. Uh, both teams just, uh, I don't think it was 
Niasi for Edmonton, and I don't remember the guy for Cosmos, but I think it was a Rango. A Rango. It was a, it was a free kick that bounced right off yeah. the crossbar and should have gone in. Rattled for longer than this game was interesting. So yeah. true enough. And so we should move on. Indy versus Miami, and a two-one to Indy. Whoa, they're back on track. Something like that. And <laughs> good job by you guys. You both picked Indy. I picked Miami for this one because I doubted Indy for long enough. I wonder why. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, I, only I was a matter of time. I was actually surprised when I saw the result that it did won this game. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Uh, Dylan Maris had a great goal to open the the match in the 25th minute. The ball was basically kicked straight to uh, Justin Braun by the goalie Vega, and who Braun basically passed it very quickly to Maris. Mm-hmm. Maris takes a long shot from outside the box. Goes. Oh my Vega. goodness! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. and the highlights go go watch them only so that you can hear the indie commentary guy color guy commentary guy go oh my goodness about seven million times i want to get a soundboard going of every single exclamation that he has because they're just gold yeah too much too much come on oh right exactly uh this was i mean miami was maybe the better team between the goals arguably yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of back and forth. You might have made a case that some of the maybe the volume of chances was even, but some of the mm-hmm. better chances or some of the better looking chances would have been in Indy or in Miami's favor. Um, that said, a free kick from Nemanja Vukovic eventually bounced to Don Smart for Indy's second goal. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of one of those garbage goals that you'd expect Eamon Zaya to score and say he gets the assist for it. Yeah, he, it just bounced off his head and went to Smart, who yep. knocked it slowly right. past the goalie. And then the one true captain almost brought one back yep, Johnny for Steele. Miami. And I still don't know how John, sorry, Juan Buch saved that. It, right. It, I, I still don't know. It kind of went to the far post. There was another Miami player trying to slide it, knock it in, but I think Juan Buch just kind of turned the angle off and mm-hmm. crawled the ball in his arms. Um. Yeah, there was, I mean, essentially Miami then just put in enough pressure to get one back by the end. So Yeah, yeah they they scored a great one with uh, Ranella. Just a great back heel goal off, off the half volley. Mm-hmm. Just fantastic, right past yep. Juan Buch. Yep. Oh, then, my goodness. They kept, they kept pushing for the equalizer, just weren't able to get one. And Indy had a couple of chances late, but it was probably more towards Miami at the end. But the goals just simply weren't there. Let's uh, take a quick break here, and then we'll come back with all of the rest of the weekend's games. And welcome back to Toughcast by T United fans. Next game on our docket is Puerto Rico FC versus Jackson Armada, which turned out to be the goalsiest game of this whole weekend. 3-3. What the heck? It's almost as if both defenses are bad or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like the, somebody would just fall asleep at the switch as soon as a goal was scored or something. Yeah. Or when their game started and just fall asleep. Yeah. Like right. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty horrific uh, defending on most of these goals. But they were, there were actually some pretty spectacular moments. So you, I, this is another game where watching the highlights is well worth it, although there's no Puerto Rican commentator on it. And you would have loved this game. So many A's. Yeah. Right, exactly. Uh, the one goal I'll mention is from everybody's you know, favorite man to hate, Alessandro Keita. 
uh, had a great curl long shot from outside the box. Just beautiful. I mean, that was the one goal where I could say, like, the defense could not have done anything right. about that. Right. Yeah. And that should have been the winner. It was in the 83rd minute, mm-hmm. um, except for they let off a goal two minutes later. Literally every single goal that Puerto Rico scored was within three minutes of either the start of a half of the game or mm-hmm. after a Jacksonville goal. And by the way, it's pretty impressive from Jacksonville that a bunch of their uh, Section 904 got onto their boats and uh, yeah. <laughs> made it over to Puerto Rico uh, for this game. So kudos. I <laughs> bet it was ex- a good time. You would almost say that they had an armada floating over there. Yeah. See, yeah. that's what I mean by assists. I, I like. <laughs> I gave you that one. Yeah. The ships. There you go. Uh, Jacksonville, what the heck? They lost two players, Pascal Million and Junior Sandoval, who had their contracts mutually terminated. Sandoval, apparently not so great this year. He's been falling off. Mm-hmm. But Million hasn't been terrible. No, yeah. and he's been kind of a like a healthy scratch sort of player where you just haven't seen him show up in games. No real reason why. But when he has played, he has played, I mean, for a Jacksonville team that has been struggling a lot, he's been playing pretty well for them. Right. Um, so I don't know why they took out his uh, canceled his contract. It's yeah, eight matches little, before little the end of the year, right? Yeah, you would expect maybe they would do that with Gallardo, but <laughs> oh man, those pictures might come out someday, right? <laughs> I, I really want to see how bad the dirt is that he has on the coach, right? Well, I mean, I think that these moves do signal that they're just looking at next year, that they're, yeah. they're cleaning up, they want to have the money to do some fun stuff, and um. Let's let's see if this project actually goes somewhere next year. Uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies versus Colorado Railhawks ended 1-0 to Tampa. We all predicted this one right. Um, 6,000 people at Alang watched this happen and saw the Tampa Bay Rowdies knock um, 20 shots towards the goal to Carolina's 6. I mean... <laughs> this is probably the best time you can have with 20 shots that doesn't end up with you in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and Neil Morris, by the way, um, is the one who caught these statistics and a few other things we'll see about this game. Uh, he writes over at WRAL Sports Fan, and he always has spectacular leads for his uh, articles. Here's this one. In the late 19th century, the popular yet illegal Bolita lotteries ushered organized crime into tam- the Tampa working-class community. Saturday evening, another one-sided numbers game saw its way into the Tampa Bay area as the hometown rowdies down the Carolina Railhawks won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it's just spectacular. Just spectacular. That's some deep historical knowledge by Neil Morris. Right. Um, worth mentioning this was Carolina's third game in seven days. So, I mean, it's I can see why they might be tired. Yeah, they, they looked tired. They're just... There wasn't really much movement that they had throughout the game. It was one-sided, almost to the point that you wonder why Tampa only got one goal. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, one point from those three games that are in the past seven days. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, not good. Ouch. Uh, well, they played the next five out of eight at home. So maybe a turn in form upcoming. Maybe Matt Fondy can back, get back in the store sheets i don't know at least there is going to be something going on at wake med soccer park now that the college cup has been taken away because it's in north carolina yeah oh yeah all that hb2 um nonsense that's happening uh that basically it's it's caused a lot of businesses to say no sorry we don't support discrimination we're gonna take our business away and speaking once again of neil morris check out the inverted triangle from this past week 
couple of really good interviews with the mayor of Cary, mm-hmm. as well as somebody that was on the organizing committee for the Women's College Cup, um, basically outlining all of the different reasons that HB2 has really been disastrous for the soccer community within North Carolina. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a stupid law. People were saying it at the time. And it's, I'm just glad that, you know, we, there are enough people taking a stand. Because I think in, in years past, people would have seen something like this and been like, well, that's the South oh, for well. you. Yeah. You know, what oh, can you shucks. do? But people are actually saying, no, these, this is not mm-hmm. our values. This is not what we stand for. And we fight against injustice, uh, which is really cool to see sports organizations doing that. I'm really happy to see that happen. Well, um, let's move that's on. Last, that's the last game of the week, right? Right. Exactly. No, no, you don't, you don't um, want to talk about this missed, one. I think we missed the OKC and Fort Lauderdale game. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah that that, that's that was that's nice. the one that yes, we're supposed to be talking about. The Sunday game. We, yes. we do have to talk about Minnesota <laughs> United losing 2-3 to the Ottawa Fury. In front of, though, uh, 9,388 people, which means we beat Indy by say, 30 people in the stands. Yes. Indy, I guess. Right. So we were the real winners <laughs> yes, this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, we all were like confident that Minnesota would win, and and to be fair, until the eighty or third minute or whatever, we were we were Still right. pretty confident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd say the first half we were probably the better looking team. Um, we at least were maintaining some amount of possession. Um, solid first goal by Jamie Watson. Um, did not in fact dive for a goal. Instead, he <laughs> rounded Ramal Pezer and just kind of dinked it into the towards the net bounce off of a defender still hasn't been counted in own goal hey i'm happy for yeah. jamie that guy deserves it he is such a awesome dude such an awesome player and I'm he never happy. takes a moment off on the pitch he's always no. running he's always talking so yeah, unlike seem rewarded for that unlike one of his teammates who i, I didn't see who exactly was it a team might have been Wichitini yeah. on the pitch who for the second or the third ottawa goal um there was kind of a miscommunication between the two and whereas Jamie started chasing the ball that had just been given up to Ottawa, Vincentini or whoever it was was just kind of like gesticulating and stopped running. And you see basically that uh, Watson's the guy who chases the ball into the, the box. Mm-hmm. And it, it was Vincentini, um, I think. And Yeah, the he, guy who's supposed to be playing a defensive-minded midfield spot. Stayed on the other half of the pitch while Ottawa marched down and stored their game winner. But Jamie... Miscommunication. Vincini kind of loses the ball. Does a bad pass, and he stands there and starts yelling at Jamie as Jamie like turns and goes like, "What?" And then starts running towards the ball. So exactly, it's the right thing to do for Jamie, but it's just really sad to see that from Giuliano. Yeah, and really throughout the game there was just some really bad defensive play. Um, Ottawa's first goal, Giuseppe Gentile, um, scored from outside the box. Really no pressure at all. Yeah. Uh, we also saw Lance Lang play 90 minutes, by the way, which he didn't last week. We were talking about how it was kind of lame that he got sent off. So, yeah. What do you think? Um, good to see him moving for 90 minutes. I, I kind of thought that he wasn't pushing forward as much as he has been in recent mm-hmm. games. I don't know if that was a tactical thing or if it was a, you know, conserve your legs so you can play 90 minutes sort of thing. We also saw Viva start for the first time since his yeah, injury. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And yeah. Good to see Viva back in the starting lineup, but maybe rush him a little back too soon. He didn't didn't look in full form. I, I don't think it was that he got rushed back too soon. It wasn't necessarily a fitness thing. I mm-hmm. think he just wasn't sharp yet. Yeah. Um a lot of his kind of 
nifty touches just weren't coming off for him. Either it was that he wasn't actually, you know, putting as much into those touches or maybe he just didn't have as much confidence yet. And maybe it's a chemistry thing with Jamie Watson because when Venetis was injured or got injured, Jamie Watson was not yet at that right wing spot. Squad, I think yeah. it was Danny Cruz that yeah, was up there. Yeah, Cruz primarily, so. So I had to build that rapport with Watson as they go forward. Right. Um, decent penalty for the um, second goal for Minnesota United, though. Um, Christian Ramirez won his own penalty and slotted in. Yep, it's true. Sammy had, I would say, a pretty strong game when he was making saves. Like, he made some impossible saves. Uh, it was pretty incredible. But then he did have three goals pushed past him. I think that's a very harsh result for him. It, I would say so. Yeah, it is. He played very well. It easily could have been a lot more goals for Ottawa. Uh, they did have been up a lot earlier in the game. And those two late goals were not his fault, I don't think. It was a good cross and good finish by Ottawa players, but really should have done better defensively. Yeah. I'd like to, I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. I'd like to see us take Sammy to MLS. Me too. Absolutely. Um, it's an international slot, which isn't great to be given up, but we're not going to get anyone who's better. And we're not why waste one of the expansion draft slots on on somebody christian neek isn't going to go with us to mls no, no. aaron perez isn't going to be a starter in mls so just just take sammy he's good he's really good and who knows he might turn into someone incredible and he's not right. hit his hit his prime yet goalkeepers don't hit their prime until later in their 20s and he's still what 26 25 26 25 26 yeah, yeah something so like he's that. not he's still going to develop and grow into a better player and he's fantastic right now for nasl He's going to grow into a good, solid MLS starter. I think the sort of saves that he is able of or capable of making definitely are going to play at MLS level. You know, he's able to get up to shots that he probably shouldn't be able to get up to. The one concern that I will have, and it is going to be something that develops over time, is some of his reactions. Um, he is down for a howler every now and then, and as much as you want to blame it on the jelly. Sometimes it's just bad positioning. So those sorts of things do take more high-class repetitions. He's probably going to take some lumps as a starter in MLS, but I think he's a good option for the future. I think, I think we're all going to take some lumps as, as a, in, <laughs> yeah. in a first season in MLS. I don't expect it to be very well, strong Well, no. When watching this team this past game, I don't think too many of them are going to be taking lumps with this team. Yeah. No idea, man. We'll have to see what happens. Well, we've spent a lot of time talking about this game, so let's move on to the final one. Rio KC versus Fort Lauderdale Strikers, which ended 1-1 in front of 1,800 people. That's a full um, 1,500 more almost than uh, their midweek game, OKC. Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, and you, the, the, the OKC goal was basically a late penalty uh, that Michelle scored. Forbes got pushed just slightly in the box, and uh, the highlights went by too quickly for me to tell if it was deserved or not. I had, by the way, entirely forgotten that Giorgio Samara still plays for Rio OKC. <laughs> I think most Rio OKC fans would be able to I say that. I thought it was the reanimated corpse of Samara right? that played for yeah. them. And by the way, I, I made sure to say fan instead of fans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Samaras, you know, there was so much hype around the, the, the move, and, you know, I mean, it, he is still such an incredible, like, has such an incredible history, but he is doing very little at OKC from the from the look of things. I see hardly anybody talking about the guy. The one positive that you can say for this game, the pitch is still 
totally accounted for all 92 pieces. <laughs> uh, you could count every single one of them, right. but you could actually count all 92. And the OKC, Rai OKC account tweeted a, what is it, like, doesn't the pitch look great or yeah, something? Yeah, like, pitch looks great today, ready for the game. And it's like, you're just bringing more attention to it. Just don't. Just, just let just it stop. go, guys. Just, just stop. stop. <laughs> don't mention the word P-I-T-C-H anymore. Yeah. Uh, by the way, one other quick question. Billy Forbes... Uh, we all love to sing his praises at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think he's a guy to think about for MLS? To think about? <laughs> yeah, think about. Um, he'll probably play better with better people around him. So yeah. that's something to think about too. Um, he's not had a good year. And that's probably because he's at OKC. Right. I don't actually know if he takes up an international spot. I think he's... I'm almost positive that he's an American for... Uh, or not an American, but a domestic player for mm-hmm. uh, uh, roster purposes. But I don't know for sure. But we'll see. I mean, I, I just just something that popped into my head while I was watching the highlights here. Something really reminds me of Lance Lang when I watched Billy Forbes this year. Uh, um, kind of a a really good player for a lot of years that either is having a down year, isn't being used correctly. Assuming that we have the same front office uh-huh. and who knows what coaching staff we have at this point. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily want him to be in that sort of environment just because I'm a little bit skeptical if he's a really good guy for a system, but can't necessarily fit into something else. And it might be better for his career not to just jump up a division, but to find a a team that suits him and he can get his stats up and play better and maybe get a look from a higher division team that way. Sounds good, guys. Well, let's talk about predictions uh, for this coming week. And first game up is Miami versus Puerto Rico FC. Got Miami. Same. Unfortunately. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're doing well right now, Puerto Rico. And they're at home. And Puerto Rico FC is not so great. So <laughs> I think this is a pretty safe bet. Uh, Fort Lauderdale versus Tampa Bay Rowdies. Can I have Tampa Bay? I've got Fort Lauderdale. I think that Tampa is having difficulties finding the back of the net. Fort Lauderdale's at home. Are you saying that one out of 20 is not a good ratio? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I am saying that. Bold stance. Bold stance. Okay. Well, I, I think it also is going to be Tampa because I just don't see Fort Lauderdale kind of having that much of a home field advantage, to be perfectly honest, at this point. Right. So, And I think Tampa is the slightly stronger team, but not by much. Uh, next game is Jacksonville versus Rio OKC, where my prediction is, does it really freaking matter I anymore? I mean, I don't think it does. I'm going to the next one. Yeah. All right, cool. Right. <laughs> uh, Ottawa versus Minnesota United, again, part two, electric boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, Let's start marking that as that right now part two electric boogaloo someone from the minnesota marketing team just start doing that <laughs> yeah somebody said um, or gif or whatever i got ripped into when i said whatever the moving image online is okay um i said jiff it's cool i'm a choosing mom i choose jiff yeah there you go see graphics is what you call it um, by the way, so okay, this game I'm gonna go with Minnesota United because I'm gonna break my tradition of of not predicting difficult games just because I something in my gut tells me they can actually pull it through. I'm going to hopefully reverse jinx the loons and pick Ottawa, and I'm not gonna pick at all. So <laughs> I'm refusing to pick this game. Maybe that'll send yeah. luck our way. I don't know. We've tried each every one of the tactics. Something will work. I mean, this is also, you got to remember, Ottawa's rivalry game. They actually care about this a whole hell of a lot. There were a bunch of, like, really lame attempts at, like, uh, banter 
on yeah, Twitter with the dark clouds of Ramirez after last game. And it was just kind of like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's just like, just relax, guys. Yeah. We don't really Calm care down. about you very yeah. much. Um, and then finally, we've got Carolina Railhawks versus FC Edmonton. All uh, of us picked up FC Edmonton. Yeah, yeah we did. I mean, uh, Matt Van Ockel is the best goalkeeper in North America. Exactly. Yes. So, so yeah. there is no way that they can lose. Uh, and then the final game here is Indy versus New York Cosmos. Clash of the Titans. I've got the Cosmos. I have Indy. Yeah, I picked in. I, I picked the Cosmos because I think the Cosmos are doing better in terms of form than Indy. Even though Indy are going to be at home for this one, uh, the Cosmos did just get their first win over Indy ever recently. Yeah, a pretty convincing win over right. Indy too. Yeah, very much so. So, and I was not that convinced by Indy even when they won this past week. So, I'll go with the Cosmos just because I yeah. have to. I'm going to stick with Indy because I'm a stubborn bastard. So. <laughs> yeah well uh you can find this podcast on itunes google play music on stitcher on all sorts of wonderful podcast formats including the website 55.1 uh and where can the good people find you guys on twitter i'm at k olson 716 i'm at the attachment i'm at at lockstock spock and you can find this podcast at two united fans so let's call it a, an end here guys and uh next week we're gonna be back on um Actually, we haven't set a day, but it's going to be a little bit complicated because my folks are going to be here. So in this house, it's going to be a little bit difficult to record. So maybe we come back on Monday again. Can you invite me over for dinner, please? You want to meet my parents? (laughs) (laughs) I I would assume that you guys are cooking, so. Why would you? Okay. I mean, I will be cooking. Or maybe they'll get Popeye's. Oh, if it's Popeye's, I'm even more in. Yeah, I did eat Popeye's when you guys walked in today. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know if that can happen. But uh, we'll probably come back on next Monday as a result. Uh, And then after that, I'll be out of town again. So we'll have to work something out with the days of the week that is kind of uh, uh, uneven. So I just wanted to warn you guys about that. But thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your night. Welcome!